I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello. And welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show, the only show um, where we try to take two separate time yeah, signatures yeah. and try to make them slowly fit. Over time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Alistair, you're giving me way too much credit, I think, for whatever. <laughs> if there was, if anything was happening slowly, uh, it was all it was all coming from your side, and it was a. That's you know, still us both coming together. You know, it if is. you. If you can just remain static for a second, <laughs> no. I, can, uh, well, I can try to correct this. <laughs> more, more accurately, what it would be is that I am a sort of a, I, I try and evade you with my time signature <laughs> erratically <laughs> while you chase me, forever trying to make the two synchronize. Ah, or or ah. You, try, you, you try to evade me while I stay still and hope that at some point you run right into my time signature. <laughs> Direct phase with me. Well, if you wait long enough by the river, Alistair, mm-hmm. the bodies of your enemies will eventually begin to form some kind of a rhythm as they pass. Sure. And then you can use that as a as a beat, you know? Oh no, that's that's cool. See if 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 there's like a an alternate universe where those timelines converge where we both you know do battles with people by rivers, mm. we also have enemies who we would mm. like to see die. Sort of a time mm. around that, that where that is kind of still acceptable, but also a time where you can have sort of a Zoom recorder, mm. you know, audio yep. like digital audio yep. equipment that works via batteries yes. that you can take and, down and, by the river. And then, like um, you know, like Billy Eilish in Bad Guy, listening to the pedestrian crossing signals in Sydney. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear the sound of your um, your enemy's bodies slowly bumping up against sort of a pylon at the base of a bridge or something yeah. like that, and think you know what that slaps. And that slaps. You take that track back to your brother in wherever, and you got yourself you got yourself a hit. Um, but I mean, okay. I think that's a that's a good concept <laughs> album. I know I know we're not trying to come up with. We're not trying to come up with five concept albums. Yes, but yes, but a, but an album, you know, it could be a barbarian. It could be mm. various, various people. This is the mm. all, you know, it's like five heroes, and mm. they they each have a track, and it's they're made up of the sounds of them conquering their enemies or their enemies being conquered by life, mm-hmm. and mm. them rejoicing. <laughs> While they cower away in a corner. <laughs> so they're heroes, or they're <laughs> they're event, you know, they're, they're warriors of some kind. Well, but they're musicians. But but they're also cowards. 
but they win by living the longest. But they're also not not hugely creative in themselves in that they just wait for the sounds to come to them, right? Ah, uh, but still, I mean, the, that... raw ma- the raw materials come, but someone has to compose, the, com- compose them right. into an organized sound. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I guess they're more would... of an arranger. I, I mean, I could absolutely play the role, I think, of the person in a, in a creative partnership who just listens to the things, listens to the sounds, catches the sounds and goes like, oh, that's good. And then I pass it on to the arranger. I'm sort of more like uh, a, a freelance ear, you know, uh, sure. roaming around, picking up on little things like, you know, the scratching of the, of the bugs in the bark. Of the Coolabar tree, what have you? Of course, yeah, of course. and uh, yeah. bringing no no sense of organisation or order to this entire. But you, but you could be the sound picker. Yeah, I'd be the sound telling picker. telling someone where to point the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd be a sort of a hunter gatherer. You know, it is a it is a hunter gatherer kind of approach to music. I think mm-hmm. you know yeah. before you have the agriculture that is the um, the modern. Uh, acoustic industrial complex, mm-hmm. you have um, those who just go out and just listen to the sounds of nature and try and um, try and assemble whatever kind of uh, music they can out of that. Sure. <sighs> <laughs> all right, all right, Alastair. Sorry, I feel like you were saying you're on a better track with Warriors, and I. Um, well, I look. I mean, I musical might... hunter gatherers is something, Andy. You, you think can't... it could be? I think. Look, I think there's something there. You know, somebody, I mean, how would a person in, I guess, in the world, mm. well, I guess back in those days, you didn't record, let's say, you know, we're thinking sort of pre, pre-agriculture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the music, the music hunter-gathering could have continued on after agriculture had come. Yes, um, it could still be going to this day in some culture. I mean, I guess in some form, yeah. Um but I guess, I guess in those days, instead of getting an audio recorder or even a ceramic pot that you could scratch while the sound was happening, mm. you know, um, you might, if you that saw... That well-known um, uh, <laughs> trope. I think oh, we've referred to that in the podcast before, haven't we? It was also in an episode mm. of The X-Files. Yeah, I think there's a few, I think there's a few references to it in different... Mm. I think I saw an episode of NCIS or something like that where there's something like that as well. Love somebody it. screams or was yeah, was your episode where somebody bed. screams their own name while they or the or the the murderer screams their own name while they kill somebody? <laughs> Brian Johnson. <laughs> he would have he would have been a great murderer. Well, he would have been absolutely up there with some of the best murderers if he didn't have the fatal flaw of always screaming his name in the moment. <laughs> Of of homicide, the, the, and the, screaming you know. out his name, the act, the victim, <laughs> the date, the, the date, <laughs> and then the words "remember those details." <laughs> um, every... I'll and then repeat them <laughs> yeah. in case you didn't get that. <laughs> I've prepared printouts. Um, you know every. Every criminal makes a mistake, and <laughs> this was his. It was it was only one mistake, but it was a big one, and he did repeat it. 
Um, I'm, I'm writing it down. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> well, it could be uh this could be a, a, a new sh- a new concept in um in in crime TV and it would be um the the, the you know the the gimme homicides right and it's a it's a series about um Reginald Gimme who's a um who's a who's a who's a detective a hard bitten detective Reginald hard drinking Gimme. lost lost everything he's you know his wife etc um and uh and every crime he investigates so every macabre crime, only the darkest of crimes interest him. But then they all turn out to be solved very, very quickly and easily at the start of the episode. And then we've got, I don't know, <laughs> 45 minutes to fill or something, which is just... Well, while of... we see what else this idiot gets up to in his life. <laughs> you, know, there are, you know, there are some, there are some crimes so mm. difficult to solve. There's mm. only one person... Who can solve them? Mm. Um, but there are that's some crimes. <laughs> that's not this man, no. But but there are some crimes that look like they're going to be so easy to solve mm. that there's only one detective that we can bother who wasting could, on it. <laughs> there's only one de- detective who could possibly drag that out to a TV hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is Reginald Gibby. <laughs> you see the, the, the chief of police. Well, that's a gimme. Gimme! We got a case for you. <laughs> he's got this, he's got this, you know how other, all the other detectives have got their web on the wall of all the, all the, you know, pieces of paper and clues all connected with red string. And this is only, he's got, he's got one piece of string and it goes horizontally <laughs> from a picture of the corpse to a picture of the murderer. <laughs> and he still stares at it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes the string off. He puts it off just in the empty space of the wall. And then he puts it <laughs> well, back. Yeah. Or he loses it for a while. <laughs> he can't find the string. Yeah. He, sp- he spends, he spends 45 minutes of the episode looking for his ball of string, mm. uh, which he's misplaced. Um, I like it, Alistair. The, the gimme... <laughs> The gimme slayings, no. What did you call them? The the gimme murders. Gimme homicides. The the gimme homicides. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, you know, if you released a DVD box set, you could you could call it the absolute gimme, or uh, you know, I like to name the box sets. uh, Almost. (laughs) Well, I think that's often the starting point with a lot of career, especially now that there's no box sets. Well, it feels like a real gimme approach. Yeah. Um, okay, Al. Now okay. we're cooking. Now we're cooking. So I said now we're t- cooking this, with dicks. This episode of two, three, five. Mm. Uh, I decided that we're going to try and do many more suggestions from listeners. Mm. And so I thought a good place to start would. You be... know what? I'm, it's amazing to me that hunter gatherers didn't get more done. Didn't achieve more, you know, um, great intellectual feats mm. because I listen to the sounds of a forest to help me concentrate yeah. and, 
and 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 you know and study and that sort of thing. So you would have thought they would get a lot more writing done. Yeah, well, there wasn't um, writing, I guess. There was not writing. But then that's the thing: is that when you live in an oral tradition, in the time mm. of the oral tradition, when you're passing stories mm. down, there's just only so many stories you can carry around in your head. Yeah, you know, you're right. And you may have figured out some great thing about, you know, like maybe you figured out atomic theory really early on, right? Mm. Something that's pretty useful. Something's yep. pretty useful and helps you, it allows you to like understand maybe how heat works and understand static. If ever you came across that instead of nature, mm. you know, yep. really you know, useful. Well, you know, I mean, once these are the building blocks, you know, for to, to, to get to, to, uh, to advancing. Anyway, I'm just saying, but, but because it's not immediately useful, mm. it's just a stepping stone, you mm. don't bother putting a story around it, mm. right? Things yeah. and things are really small. Why don't you come around to my house? Like that, you know, <laughs> this kind of rhymes, I imagine, really helped. <laughs> like that example. <laughs> like that very example, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Newton, um, Newton's Principia, right? A great achievement, sure, but he didn't have to make it rhyme so people would remember. Didn't have and to also, make it rhyme. You know, eventually, if you're if you're a slave to the rhyme, like I am, hmm. then eventually you'll start manipulating the physical laws to make the rhyme work. That's and right. Then, so you, yeah. that's sort of the original um, digitization mm-hmm. signal loss. Yeah. You know, you lose a certain amount of accuracy. Mm-hmm. As people um, in 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 the rhyme scheme, I mean, uh, I think that this is a it's a fun it's a fun sketch where it's Newton, yeah, and he and he's in, he's in a meeting with his publisher, <laughs> and it's the only publisher in town. And the thing is that they just oh, they no. do they they do rhyming books, yeah. <laughs> And so they're working through with they're working it, working through <laughs> Prince, Principia, whatever, through with him. Yeah. And they're like, we gotta no, this doesn't work, you know, mm. falling down. That doesn't work. That you know, could you say, you know, and so, you know, falling down? Could you say the thing, the line above? Could it be instead of um, acceleration due to gravity mm. when it's falling down? Could it be acceleration due to Brown when it's falling down? <laughs> And he's like, oh, but it's it's actually not Judah Brown. <laughs> They're like, well, how bad do you want this to be published? <laughs> like we we want some we want we kind of want some mathematical theories you can hum, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you want people to remember? Like a real this? earworm. Because, you know, there's no point having a theory if no one's going to remember it. You know, no one's going to be, if it's not going to be useful to anybody, it's just going to, you know, float off into obscurity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, write it down, Al. All right. Well, oh, your... should that be write it brown? Write it brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
So, we, so, so to, but to, but you you might not have got that impression from the episode thus far. But this episode is a an ep, an episode where we exclusively use the three three word suggestions. Yeah, three from, from Patreon from Patreon subscribers. Yeah, right. And so, um, as you can tell, uh, this is what we've been doing so far. So that's what we're going to continue to do. Mm. And so the next listeners who have sent in yep. uh, suggestions is Fraser Wright and Karina. Thank you, Fraser a Wright team. and Karina. A team. It's one of the it's one of the few teams that we've had sending in things. We've had some teams. God, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to go through team erasure here and try to pretend mm-hmm. like we haven't had teams. We've had a I'm whole not. we've had a whole podcast network su- sending in suggestions. That's true, Alistair. An entire network. Yeah. So that's a team. Mm. Anyway, Fraser Wright and Karina <laughs> have sent in the three words reverse biology career. Oh, reverse biology career. Mm. I mean, this feels very rich, very rich with possibility, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it makes me think immediately of um, Darwin, Charles Darwin, a friend of the show, who, um, mm. who supposedly on his deathbed um, had a had a last minute conversion to uh to catholicism or something and you know like there's a there's a or you know to to christianity there's there's like rumors put around that he he uh disavowed all his works and said, <laughs> promised his soul to to Jesus or something like that i would like to start setting around some some of the reverse of that which is that a lot of christians on their deathbed actually see the logic of uh, an entirely sort of just rules-based, physical laws-based mm. uh, understanding of I physics mean, and nature. If you're going to do one, it's definitely like right at the end, just go, anyway, sorry, and I love you, God, right? That's what you're going to do your yeah. deathbed, just in case. But yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. that someone has like been the Pope their whole life, yeah, <laughs> their whole right. life. Their whole life, baby pope. I'm talking <laughs> fetal pope, baby yeah. pope. They, they even have the hat just resting on the on the mama's yeah. belly. Well, I think young pope really missed an opportunity to make him him not an infant, to make him an infant. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and so then you got baby pope, then you got. Mm. Um, I'm starting to have a weird flashback that there's maybe a. Maybe a Adult Swim TV show that's that. Oh, know. cool! I'm not sure. Mm. Um, Has Eddie Murphy ever made a movie where he's the Pope? Oh, not yet. <sighs> he's got to. He's got to do that. There's that. You know, there's like I don't bishop. know how. I don't know how if we if we set this up, but like if we can have a real cool <laughs> black Pope, I think let's get yeah. in touch with the. Yeah, there's that. I think maybe Kenyan Archbishop, who, um, you know, who always looks like he's he's close to being Pope. You know, Desmond Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Is it Desmond? Yeah, Could maybe. be. No, there's another one. I think another one who was like recently. No, not Desmond Tutu. There's another one who recently like wrote a thing that that the second Pope put his name to. That was like a more oh. conservative thing that caused a bit of a two pope problem and then the, and then the palpatine pope kind of took his name off of it cuz he realized it was <laughs> causing a problem 
But um, anyway, Palpatine. so how do we make this? So, it's, so Pope all his life, and then right on his deathbed, mm. he goes, "I disavow everything." This, I mean, it's not a hundred percent idiot. Doesn't doesn't doesn't, doesn't seem. Doesn't almost doesn't seem interesting enough, right? I mean, yeah, what, is I he, mean what, what could what could convince him? Maybe he looks across and he has a, like one of those Newton's cradle things on his desk. Yeah, he's going like that, right? And, he's, yeah. and he looks at it and then he's like, "I've just realised this can all be explained by three fundamental laws of motion." And then, and then he he gets on a roll, right? And and he looks out the window and he sees a bunch of monkeys. Yeah. Uh, and some beaks, birds fly by with different length beaks. <laughs> <laughs> and he sees them dipping into, you know, it's like a, I don't know, like a you know, huge, a fly. Yeah. And he sees a, an orchid with the longest tube of a do you th- flower tube. Do you think that's why there are no trees in the Vatican? Like, it seems like it's a very urbanized environment. I reckon they keep the Pope a long way away from rainforests. Like, from you me. never see the Pope. In a in a in a sort of a, a very biodiverse area, you never see you never <laughs> see the the Pope deep in nature. You know, like no. real deep. Like I'd like to see an episode of Bear Grylls with the Pope. Yeah, why why okay. why has he resisted? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, they, they yeah, that's true. They keep they keep nature away from him so he doesn't accidentally make any. Observations, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's cloistered. All right. Look, you do you know? think you think we should do this? He's cloistered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloistered. Oh, um, scientific. Yeah, you know, keeping keeping the, the truth observations. from the Pope. Yeah, and you know, he's because 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 you know they're perceptive guys. I'm sure they're very smart. If they had any evidence at all in front of them, I'm sure they'd join the dots. Yeah. Um, but you got to keep them separated, you know. Yeah. That's about the Pope and nature. <laughs> um, God um, bless. You. God bless you. Andy. Yeah. That's a that's a biology. That's a reverse biology career. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I well also then... think, though, I don't know if you want to write it down, but Eddie Murphy is the Pope. Yeah. Is that's a, that's a. It's a. I mean, it's more of a casting. Suggestion than it is a whole sketch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, um, I'll keep thinking about it. I mean, you know, the idea that he he observes some. He's in his hospice, right? And he's he's dying. He starts making these observations. A, he starts making these observations. Sort of a trading places type thing. All right, you know th- but yeah. it, but <laughs> but the Dan Aykroyd and or you know whatever the characters are who decide they just they they're cardinals. And they decide that they'll make uh, Eddie Murphy the Pope for some reason. Anyway, you were talking yeah. about something else. <laughs> um, wait, oh no, it's gone. Deathbed um, conversion. Oh, that's right. Now, part of the deathbed conversion is that he he starts. You know, it starts with just maybe seeing that. What was that Newton's thing? Newton's cradle. Um, you know, yeah. And then he. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, he makes those biological evolutionary kind of deductions, uh, yeah. observation deductions, and then maybe he catches a pigeon and dissects it. <laughs> you know, on his bed, just while nobody's there, maybe he uses like a bit of metal from his scepter. Yeah, 
got a scepter next to his bed. Right, he's probably and got he starts figuring things on out, his hat. And he realizes it's actually not that dis- what's inside this pigeon isn't that dissimilar from what's what's wrong with him. Like he kind of sees, oh. you know, and then he, he figures out a way to, to to cure himself. Maybe he operates on himself. Yeah. Wow, because he, he's got that far now down the, the track of um, Yeah. So he has medicine. a deathbed conversion that it turns into, well, his life bed. <laughs> Mm, that he and lives that's in the real conversion. <laughs> still, still, as he's renouncing Christianity, he's still converting things. Mm. He converts his death into a life, or his bed, not his bed. bed. Oh, his bed. That uh, and then, you know, and then the hospice those... people try to get him to move out, but he refuses. And yeah. then he takes and up so that bed. So they have to kill him with a hammer. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> That's actually what my um, it's that's the kind of story that I'm working on for um, Sci-Fi Try Guys. Oh, really? Is the, is the God Hammer story? Oh, the God Hammer story! Damn, mm. I'm excited for that, Al. Real excitement. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, right. Look, that's there. Thank you very much um, to the rights. I feel um, for some reason like we um we we came up with a different sketch about people having to kill the Pope a long time ago. And do we always, uh, I mean, it's almost the main thing that we do is come up with sketches for people killing the Pope. Um, we have a sketch idea here, Andy, from uh, Patreon supporter Lee Warren. Lee. Thanks, Lee. Lee. I was thinking oh, about the name oh, yeah. Lee, uh, Warren the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I, kinda, I can't I kinda remember like... what I was thinking about it, but I think it's a good name. You know what? Who, you know who I think really improves the name Warren is Warren Beatty. Mm. I mean, I don't know anything about Warren Beatty. I like looking at him now. Oh, I've got to look him up. Is he still around? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, who's that He's Australian? Been... Who's that Australian actor who had a Tonight Show in the states? Um, is Australian it... actor who had a Tonight oh, Show. No, no, Australian stand-up. Oh. uh... Jimmy something? No. No, they're all um, called Jimmy, aren't they? Uh, but it, I think it, Jim Jeffries. Oh, Jim Jeffries. That's right. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it was Jim. Jimmy. That is a Jimmy. That's There's crazy. a Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. A Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Jim Jeffries. Jim Yeah. Uh, it's just a very successful name. But he um, mm. he had a story when he, about, about doing a set at um, at that billionaire's house, that Australian billionaire um, oh, Packer. God. And right. um, so many Australians in this yeah. show. Yeah, and he and and he was talking about how this is when anyway he he got invited there by Packer's wife and Packer wasn't interested in it in having this comedy show and he doesn't know why he was invited until like it was only supposed to be a fifteen minute set anyway ten minutes into the set the guy recognized the comedian and he goes oh it's this bit that I wanted to, that I like you for you did that gun rights bit anyway so then he had to do another like. 15 minutes to just to do that bit. Anyway. Yeah. At some point he has this later on, he's just mingling with people and he talks about talking with Warren Beatty and just randomly. And Warren Beatty's like, Oh, you got any film ideas? And he goes, yeah. And he makes some bullshit up and he's like, yeah, you should, uh, you should contact me about that. And he goes, Oh, that was a joke. And he's like, Warren Beatty was really disappointed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, and uh, for some reason that made me really like Warren Beatty, that he's just so open to like collaborating <laughs> with people that he's just met based off of a pitch that the guy just made up on the spot. 
Well, it's, <laughs> I like his lack of discernment. He seems yeah. to have almost no judgment whatsoever. He's a guy. I, he's I, a guy who spent his whole life like as a, in a career in Hollywood, <laughs> and you can make up something on the spot, and he'll be like, <laughs> "Yeah, let's talk more about this." <laughs> he can't tell what's a film. Look up old Warren Beatty. He looks a lot like a rugby player from Queensland. I reckon he's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Never anyway, seen a single film that he's in. Anyway, that's Warren Beatty. That's the Warren Beatty section of the show. I like to think that you have seen a film that he's been in. I reckon. Oh, here we go, Al. <laughs> you just. <laughs> Did you ever see Dick Tracy? No. You never saw Dick Tracy? No, I never saw Dick Tracy. <laughs> uh, let's see. What about the Dick Tracy TV movie special? (gasps) (laughs) Have you watched all of Larry Sanders' show? No. No? Have you seen some of Larry Sanders' show? Yeah, I've seen like two episodes. Oh, I think he was in one of those. Oh, okay. One of the two. Hey, one of the two. Um, I'm going to pitch some ideas to Warren. I'm going to send him a couple of emails. Yeah, great. Um, so, um, all right. What were we talking about? We're trying to get a story from Lee Warren. Another, Mm. another, you know, if we wanted another story based off of this guy's name, Lee, remember, um, Jack Black's (laughs) band had that song that goes, Lee, 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 motherfucking Lee. (laughs) No. I have a friend, his name was Lee. He put a spell, a spell on me. Lee, 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 lee. I don't think I've heard that song, but I dare say you think I have seen that song. Yeah, I think that you have seen that song. All right, Lee Warren has three words that he suggested for a sketch, and it's called. And here they are. Do you want to try and guess what one of them is? Yeah, yeah, cromulent. I think that you've guessed that before. Oh. But that's okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, that's fine. No, I mean, I, there's no Andy, reason not to guess it again. The uh, odds haven't right. changed of that being the word. I know, I know. And that's a good and, and the thing is, is that the more you say it, the more likely people are to suggest it. I cromulent, think so. Cromulent. And, and especially given that they're probably trying to mess with me and they don't want me to guess it right. Well, they're gonna then, wait for of the course one they're day. They're gonna that... use a word that I've already guessed, thinking I won't guess that again. That's right. I'm gonna guess, you know, it's like playing the lottery. You play the same numbers every single week. I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep guessing the same words over and over and over okay. again until eventually okay. I'm right. I like how much how much of a a a, a, a tactician guesser you are. <laughs> um all right. I mean, that's uh, a, is it- I mean, I gotta say, there's something about somebody who's a like a strategic guesser, mm. <laughs> you know, that you get in for to your company, <laughs> you know, and it's like, look, we've discovered that corporate spying is actually quite illegal, right? Mm. Yeah, and, but we have got this strategic guesser who can come in and tell us what he think thinks the opposition might be doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I reckon that's probably 90% of all consultancy. But also, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Like you know, there's there's a few ways that could play out. Like instead of doing modeling, like it's really expensive to do modeling to try and predict what's going to happen. But yeah. like we could get the world's best guesser. He's got a good guess. strike rate. <laughs> Give me a jar of jelly beans, and I'll, and then they get him in, and they and he you know like he's in the boardroom, and they get him in, and he I don't know they just go look at this, and they get a jar of jelly beans out, and he goes hundred and five. They go. 107, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> they go, and then um, everybody in the boardroom claps. Yeah, is he? Is he? Um, is he estimating though, or is no, he just guessing? He's guessing. That was just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting to to sort of play him off against against an estimator. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, that could be his rival. Yeah. And then they have a baby together. Because obviously it becomes the guestimator. Yeah. And that part's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And Danny DeVito, both in a coat. (laughs) I mean, they've they've played, you know, they've played brothers, but have they ever played one man? Yeah, that's good. Not yet. And, you know, they're soon, they're starting to get too old to do this. You got to do it soon. (laughs) <laughs> we, we gotta we gotta get him losing to, it, no, we gotta get him to sign this sign on the sign somebody you co- fucking idiots somebody contact Warren sign. Beatty <laughs> Warren Beatty I got an idea for you Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito yeah they've played alongside each other but have they played on top of each other and yeah like, Warren I know there's not a part for you in this movie but I need your enthusiasm can I have your email <laughs> Um, and I know what you're thinking, but no, it's going to be Schwarzenegger on top of DeVito. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I don't know if there is a scene. I haven't seen the movie Twins. Um, and I know you think I have, Alistair, but I haven't. <laughs> but I, I, if they didn't put in a scene in which they've got to hide on each other's shoulders in a long coat and in which, oh, but that's, that's just the scene from Austin Powers, isn't it, where <laughs> Austin goes on Minnie V's shoulders. Ah, oh, damn it. Wait, what does he do in that? He goes on Mimi's shoulders. They dress oh. up in a as in a big as a nurse or something. Oh yeah, oh, I see. That's funny. Oh, that's man. funny. See, but that you, you see, you Danny DeVito is the Danny, Danny DeVito is the real life Mini Me. Mm. <laughs> All right, Lee yep. Warren's words, and in a way, his words are not that far from a strategic guesser. Mm. These are his words: inspiring. Mathematician clown. 
inspiring mathematician clown. Oh, gosh. I mean, if you just take those words at, 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 you know, at face value, and it's mm. a guy who goes to schools dressed mm-hmm. as a clown and does maths, mm. but, but in a sort of life-affirming way, mm. that's, already a, that's already something interesting. But I don't think that's what we do here. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> what do we do? Um, um, I think we. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you. I guess, suppose you could make numbers out of um, out of balloons uh, instead of animals. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, and I guess it would be good if you could if you could do it in such a way that you know you make a one and you make a, or you make you make a three and you make a a seven, right? And then you cram them all together and scream, scramble them around, and then out of that you get a ten. You know, that'd be a good use of your yeah. skills. You, you could also teaching. you could also have a guy who goes to kids' parties, mm-hmm. and but he's making the balloons into numbers for the parents, right? Yes, and he and he, and he uses those numbers to do some mathematical modeling to how they could maybe rearrange their their finances. And afford to buy a house, or maybe how they could turn their life around. Um, well, okay. it's interesting that the balloon—I'd never thought about it before—but the balloon animal um, is just a is just a is just a form of modelling, isn't it? It's just it's just a type of sculpture, you know, that mm. um, you're doing an approximation of things. It's 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 equivalent to using a pencil to make markings on a piece of paper. Like, there's no reason you couldn't. Um, you, you know, and, and, and I realise we've already gone, talked at the start about the music and the hunter-gatherer that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. there's no reason that society couldn't have gone down a different path in which balloon animals were the only form of... Um, uh, of writing. You know, of, of, of writing. And, and, and indeed of it, it making any kind of indelible mark on anything at all. So, you know, sca- stone tablets or whatever, you know, doing... Um, Doing architectural drawings or, or, or what have you, this would mm. all be done by professional clowns, and of course, for some yeah. reason, you know, people who have these jobs, um, they still put on the clown makeup and that sort of thing. But it's in a much more kind of a muted sense, as as you would expect from somebody working in a professional field like architecture. But they still do have a little, a little sort of red nose, and they still put on sort of that slap, you know, um, paste makeup. And they have a little orange orange wig, but you know, like a like a business version mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, um, but, a business clown, but kind of more prehistoric. Like I'm I'm picturing, I'm picturing sort of an archaeologist digging up, a, you know, a series of balloons, sort of somewhere mm. at a at a you know at an archaeological site, and they're just shriveled up little balloons, but they kind of they reconstruct them. They see where the knots are. Yeah. You know, and they figure out that this is actually telling a story or telling, you know, it's it's these are the plans mm. for a great citadel. Yeah, or, be the hieroglyphics or what have you. And then they, you know, and obviously then they, as they tell the story that they're discovering from these sort of discarded balloons with the little, little plastic, you know, uh, ribbon that's attached to them that would have gone around 
the wrists maybe of the balloon or some slave children that would stand mm. there. I mean, as far as slave children go, having a job where you stand there and just hold up a, a helium balloon, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's one, it's one of know? the better gigs on one the, of the better... uh, ancient uh, Egyptian clown pharaoh uh, building site. Um, <laughs> down at an English pharaoh. One evening I was there, oh. Um, I was eating. It was really good. Yeah, and so on. So you know, I've, I, I, I mean, I think some sort of, but, but I mean, does this continue to the current day? Are we still using that in the current day? The balloon, of course, yeah, thing? For, yeah, of course, yeah, I would for, hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, what you, so you're picturing like a after the architect has used his sort of his drafting clown. To draft up the plans of, you know, the latest sky, sky high sort of, you know, skyscraper. Um, he, then he sends the cloud to the building site. Yeah. And the building site's there and the sort of the, uh, I guess, I guess the builder's now looking at them and sort of trying to organize yeah. his workers based off of that. And <laughs> Correct. I guess, I guess there'd be different, there'd be a clowns in different corners and they have them there for the big concrete pour. <laughs> yeah. Just double checking everything. Oh, occasionally all the numbers. Occasionally stepping on the clown's foot and going <laughs> you know, I'm trying I to get it. You get it completely. Yeah. Um, right. Well, can I say thank you so much to Mr. Lee Warren. Thank for, you, Lee. For getting us there. Um while we're here, Andy, while I'm looking at suggestions from a listener, I was thinking that maybe I might get another one um, yeah, from a listener. Yeah, great. I think that's a great idea. Yeah? You know, do, I have something to say, or do you have something to say? Because um, I also have something to say. Well, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear it. All I wanted to say was that I think Desmond Tutu yeah. has the highest ratio of boredom to fun um, from his first to last names. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Desmond is a very fun Desmond. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Desmond Llewellyn played, of course, um, I think it was the, he was Q in the original Bond films. There you go. Kidding. Wasn't he the, the one who went for quite a long time as Q? Went for a real long time. He was been, through to um, Pierce, at least. I reckon he might have even done a some of this other guy. Maybe not. Craig? Yeah, might have done uh, some Craig. No, I don't think so. Okay. No, no I think I mean, there was some interim um, interim John, John Cleese. You're the guy was, who's was seen in the a lot of films. So. No, Alistair, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that takes us to our uh, our next our next listener, Andy Sebastian. Thank God, Weibach. Mm. Um, hello, Sebastian. Thank you for having us on your podcast, Sebastian. Thank you, um, Sebastian. How do I rob this? Yes, uh, we may that have was a real fun that, time. Yeah, I mentioned we mentioned ages ago that we were on there, but feel feel free to go back and and uh, 
check that out once again. Uh, how do I? It was a, it was a very fun time. We we may have stolen something from the Australian Parliament. Mm. Um, so Andy, do you want to guess what the words one of the words in this is? Uh, yeah, um, cromulent. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Um, <laughs> it's a neoliberal glory and hole. Neoliberal glory hole. Yeah. See, this is the problem with the glory hole system, mm. right? Is that it relies on the person on the other side of the glory hole doing all the work for potentially, you know, minimal reward, right? I think um, it's as in the... Yes. Um, I mean, as in because there could be nothing on the other side of the wall or... <laughs> Look, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I'm assuming that in the in the in the glory hole system, mm. one person is having a better time than the other person. Do you think? Or maybe not. Maybe maybe for it to work, both people on either side have to get as much out of you know have to be getting equal amounts out. Is that what yeah. you're saying? I mean, I think I think we could. I could go into the top and bottom system for you, and. Uh, Explain how there's something in it for everybody, but yeah, um, yeah, okay. I mean, look, I, I think mean, Andy, I think both people are definitely feeling something. Oh no, that's 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 certainly true. Um, and I think that one person is probably gonna enjoy themselves more than the other person. Mm. But but we don't. I don't. I can't even tell you for sure who that's gonna be. <laughs> Have we talked about then? Um, I mean, who knows that about it's how the real, like the real glory? Have we talked about glory holes before on the show? We said that the real glory is the glory of sharing, you know, and selflessness. That's right. And the fact that you know you're 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 willing to um, to do something for your fellow uh, human being. Exactly, and that they're willing to do something for you. Mm. Two people, and it's like, and it's and it's in these times, especially in troubled times. Such as these might be, right? Yes. That people just helping strangers, you know, yep. uh, when they yep. need it, and it's exactly that. Um, but the neoliberals—it's the only reason that I leave the house. But I think the neoliberals wouldn't have any time for that, right? They, you know, in, under neoliberalism, I think glory holes would have to be. Well, they'd probably be privatized. You know, sure. and um, you, they wouldn't be allowed in public bathrooms. No, exactly. Or if they were, they the the maintenance and the servicing on the glory hole would be sold to a third party. You know, yeah. probably one of their coalition mates in some mm. tidy little deal. Um, yeah. And uh, and they would then you know, and all glory holes would ha- be on a sort of a would would have a little. Um, thing put in there where you've got to pay to use it or something like that. And sure. one of the last great truly public institutions would be eroded. Um, you know what would be the in worst the name part? of senseless consumerism. And and what does the consumer actually get out of it? What's the benefit? You know, it used to be that this was just a public service that we could all enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and, and, and and that and we now, would like cut the, them we would carve them out of the the materials, mm-hmm. you know, and make the whole. But now the whole hole has a you know has a door window that closes or a little door that closes <laughs> automatically, yeah, you know, and opens. Jeez. You got you got to put in coins or whatever like that, mm. and it's and it's like those those automatic bathrooms 
that if you're not done <laughs> if you're not done in ten minutes, then the door just opens or closes in this case. In this case, it just closes, and then it hoses itself down. And then and... yeah, of course, it, it it sort of sanitizes itself. Mm-hmm. I guess just like a hand sanitizer with built within the wall, just kind of oozes over it on either side, and then once it evaporates, then it unlocks the cubicles again. So I suppose this is sort of like the Uber of glory holes or something like that then you know it's like it's like those e-bikes or whatever that's in the town oh well i mean i mean that's you know that's something else because then it feels like that's just because if it's i mean it's the the e-bikes is different to the uber because i guess the uber scenario is like anybody who has a wall with a hole in it then they can say well come to my house and you can use that hole which i guess we can already do Mm. yeah i suppose so hmm I mean, I actually know somebody who was kind of doing it. Um, really? Yeah. Huh. But um, not in our circle, you know? But you know how I have other circles occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're circles. many, many circled man. Um, and you got the bloody Olympic rings over there, mate. Yeah, mate, but they're, but they're all glory hells. Mm. Um, well... Uh, I think we got something with that. I mean, I think I think we oh, basically. So I mean, you know how I said, what we don't do is just read the words and then come up with a sketch based on the literal translation translation of the world, the words. Well, well, that's what we just did. So Sebastian mm. is actually changing how we do things. I mean, uh, sometimes sometimes we do that occasionally. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, well, it was a very strong suggestion. You know, I think I feel like he came to it already with probably oh, with a bit of an idea of what that might be, and I hope. We gave him what he wanted, because that's what this is all about, delivering on expectations. That's right. Um, What do you say we just do one more? I I mean, look, we actually have more than five sketches now, so I think now it's time to do a suggestion from a listener. Oh, that would be great. That's what we normally do at this time of the show. So, Um, yeah, I'd love to hear. Now, for um, those who don't know, uh, we have a Patreon uh, to entangle. Patreon and uh, people who donate three dollars can uh, suggest three words for a sketch. So mm. today's listener is, um, I believe, it might be Poo Poo Bum Bum Man. Oh, Poo Poo Bum Bum Man! Yeah, and so wow. Uh, I believe this might be Poo Poo Bum Bum Man's <laughs> second set of uh, words. Is, are, you sh- are you sure that's not pronounced poo-poo boobumman? Uh, well, it would be, I think it might be poo-poo-bum-bum-bum-bumman. Oh, but I don't know if poo, it's poo-poo-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. Poo-poo-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. Yeah, it could be that. But then bum is already, I mean, it could be bam-bam-man. Mm, it's true. Boom, there was boom, a uh, There was a recent episode of um, Teleport on the... Uh, on the sci-fi, on the uh, Patreon bonus episodes, Alistair, yeah. which I listened to recently because it was recommended to me by one of our listeners, Brian. I re-listened to it, and there's a bit in it in which you start referring to Spider-Man, to Spider-Man as Spider-Man, yeah. and it went on for quite a while, and it really got me. <laughs> I... <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I'm glad something works. Yeah. Um. Great. Well, Poopoo anyway. Bumbumman um, has sent in the words. Do you want to guess what one of the words is? Yeah, cromulent. 
What was that? Cromulent. Cromulent? No, that's not <laughs> one of the words. Um, one is, they're actually, uh, one's IGDAF. IDGAF. IGDAF. IG or ID? No, IGDAF. Right, because the, the internet slang is I don't give a fuck in yeah. death, right? But yeah. this is I give don't a fuck? Well, okay. look, I could have written it down wrong. No, no. <laughs> I give don't a fuck, all right? So that's that. Okay. <laughs> then, then there's CSIRO. Mm. Ah. See, you know, you know what? Boo Boo Bum Bumman might not be wanting to give away that much about their identity with that name. Or that is exactly their name and they're giving away everything about their identity. Sure. Um, but with, when, with, by saying CSIRO, I feel like they're giving away their location, their location. Yeah. Uh, this is the Commonwealth Science and Industrial Research Organization, Australia's mm-hmm. you know, lead governmental uh, scientific body. Yeah. Um, where my grandfather worked for, for 40 years yep. in Tasmania. Would you say he was a, an, an echidna slaughterer? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, even echidna, catching echidnas wasn't even his main game, Alistair. He was out there looking at soils, mapping yeah. the soil of the great state of Tasmania, yeah. and it was his colleague who worked in, I assume, wholesale echidna slaughter, who told him, if you ever see an echidna, can you grab it for me, and gave him the secret, the, this one simple hack, one weird trick of catching echidnas, mm-hmm. which is that you tap them on one side with your foot, and they poke their feet out the other side to balance themselves, and then you grab their feet. And <laughs> I mean, crazy. it's a good trick. It's a great trick that now people who listen to this podcast can go out and slaughter mm. their own echidnas. That's true. Um, I like that, Andy. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it. Poo Poo Bumman is really getting their money's worth out of this by the, yeah. by the, um, the use of the acronym. Something of an acronym for maniac themselves, I'd say. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, uh, those are the words I would use. It's actually one word. They're getting a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the last word is BYOB. Mm. So uh, I'm going to go, I don't give a fuck, CSIRO, yeah. BYOB. I give Don um, a fuck. Bring, bring your own B. Bring your um, own beer. <clears throat> and... Uh, I mean, uh, what what? Uh, I, I think I think a CSIRO. Um, the, it, it seems okay. This is what it seems like to me, Alastair. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this this rings true to you. But it seems like there's a government research organisation, sort of like the CSIRO, whose yeah. um, main remit is instead of because the CSIRO, it seems very it's very pushy, isn't it? You know, it's science, it's industry, it's research, it's organisation, right? But what? Where's the? Where are the groundbreaking um, discoveries coming in the field of just chilling out, man, it's and true. just taking a load off and having bevies with the boys? That's right. You know, who's making the breakthroughs in that field of endeavor? Because it, it almost can't be an academic because mm. academia is such a high pressure scenario now that you mm. actually you aren't in a mental space to be able to to really research chilling mm. out. You know, it was um, 
I believe it was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air who said that he was chilling out Max. But are we sure he was chilling out Max? Wait, I mean, he was chilling was out just... Max? Am I wrong? Was he not chilling out Max? I thought he was chilling out Maxing Relaxing. Oh, I always thought it was chilling out Max and relaxing real cool. But um, but what then what's Maxing? What's Maxing? Chilling out Maxing. Um, you know, it will, you're lucky that I'm pretty close to the genius uh, lyric thing that mm. I think I might be able to get right here. So it's been recorded on the internet. Are other people um, familiar well, with the show? Okay, Fresh so, so according to Genius, mm. uh, it's a heavy debated line. It was long thought to be Maxin, not Max and, but public opinion is shifting. The argument for Maxin is. <laughs> Maxon and relax. I didn't realise that I had hit on such a, you know, a zeitgeisty yeah. thing where there's a lot of critical thought is shifting well, uh, in this area. Yeah, Maxon and relaxing was a common expression in the 80s. The argument for Max and is to the Max was also a common expression mm. in the 80s. Will yep. purportedly says Max and relax in episodes of the show. So the DVD subtitles purportedly, pur- purportedly spell it in this way. This annotation is currently a work in progress and could use evidence, uh, such video clips, screen caps, for the last two bullets. So they, they currently have it as chill out or chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. But mm. there's this chance that it's chilling out, max and relaxing, all cool. It just doesn't ha- mm. But the problem with the second one, max and... It doesn't have that great rhythm, that sort of that internal rhyme. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some booby ball outside the school. Yeah. When a couple of guys, they were up to no good. Hey. Started. Okay, what's the words we're trying to work on here? Uh. (laughs) Um, Well, but but I do think an an organization dedicated to discovering absolute... um, Cool, you know, and absolute relaxation. Uh, max, relax. I mean, yeah, it'd be good um, to have. Like you know, if, it's the it's the absolute zero, you know, of 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 chilling it, of yeah. putting your feet up. And if there was an experiment, how, like if you could be like twenty people in a house, mm. and then you're put through different experimental scenarios to see how you could mm. relax the most. Everybody's wired well, they, yeah. It feels like whenever they're doing this kind of thing, they're doing a sleep study or something mm. like that, or uh, they're doing a, a medical research on some sort of some sort of drug. But I'm not talking about drugs, man. I'm just no. talking about getting the vibes just right. Yeah, you know, with the right the right tunes and the right bunch of dudes to just yeah. just let it all hang out. I mean, competitive relaxing as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that feels like something we've talked about on the show before as well. Uh, yeah, um, it feels a little bit but, like the idea that somebody, like his relaxing, you know, his fluctuations in his brain, relaxing, were off the scale, but then it turns out he used an illegal hammock, <laughs> performance enhancing hammock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's good. It's good. 
he wasn't taking a load off. The the hammock was actually taking most of the load. <laughs> nah, it doesn't quite work. Uh, anyway. Think... Um, all right, I'm ready, researching. He was actually taking performance-reducing drugs, Alistair. And that's mm-hmm. the real... That is it. Uh, My gosh. Thank you so much, Poopoo Bum Bum Man. Um, we appreciate it in a deep way. Yeah, it's appreciated um, by us. You, you enrich our show with just your appearance. I mean, as all our listeners do. I wish, I wish we could do a 200th episode or a 300th episode where it's all just listener suggestions, but we wouldn't have the time when we're rushing through to both <laughs> do that and finish our lives, keep going with our lives. Um, Alistair, mm-hmm. you hit you hit me with uh, the list of sketches that we've come up with today. I'd like yeah. you to rip through them if you All don't right. mind. No problem. It was your phone running out of battery. Huh? No. Um, <laughs> a concept album of cowards hiding and and uh, seeing their enemies beaten by life. You know, and these yeah. are these are songs of triumph. That's that's a sketch uh, from cowards. That is yeah. a sketch, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think there's a way that we could work in that guy that we had in that sketch who, mm. um, who hided, who hid in a hole, um, and while there was a robot revolution, he was just eating rats. If there was somebody in there, if you could add it, an element of, element of triumph, that you know that he beat somebody because he's the one who's still alive. Maybe the robots could be. Would it be performed in whisper rap, Alistair? We could try it. I mean, I think if I could just get one take done clean, <laughs> then it would be possible. Um, all right. Well, then we've got Murder, who makes... Oh, wait. Murder, who makes the one... The one mistake... Oh, yeah, Murderer, sorry. Murderer, who makes the one mistake of yelling his name and details as he murders. Mm. Yeah. And uh, this is one of the... This is one of the um, murders solved on the Gimme homicides, where Reginald Gimme, who is, we're not, you know, we're not going to say a complete idiot. I mean, he's still a functioning detective. Yeah. But not one that you can put on any tough cases. Um, <clears throat> they all I have think, their specialties. Uh, the kill shouter, the case of the kill shouter. That was that one. <laughs> the case that of was the... a thirty-second episode. <laughs> well, no, no, Andy. Every episode is forty-five right. minutes, like a you know, you're right. you're a right. TV hour. Yeah. Um, then we've got Newton's rhyming publisher compromises. Mm. Right. Then we've got um, Pope's scientific de- deathbed observations, and uh, <laughs> that possibly lead to him curing his his himself on the deathbed, but he has a full, you know, scientific conversion on his deathbed, which then turns into his life bed. That, um, uh, that there was that bed. They were talking about that bed in like Costa Rica or something that this firm had made. It was a hospital bed. And then it turns into a, so many people are dying because of COVID that it turns into a coffin. Turns into a coffin. Yeah. It's a great Colombian that invention. Is, that is the deathbed conversion right there, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's, such sleek design, just elegant. Um, my God, just the fear you would get just being laid down on one of those beds. 
This isn't this isn't one of those beds that turns into a coffin, is it? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, just not okay. Um anyway, uh, then we've got strategic guesser for companies. I, you know, it see it seems like a pretty macabre thing, but I think that technology could be used very well in a field like cakes. You know, you decorate the cake, you operate on the cake when it's in normal like sort of bed mode yeah. and then you pop it into the little cake coffin the nice little box drops down nicely um for delivery well this is exactly the kind of things that crises like this what why they lead to such innovation because <laughs> yes. sure it seems like a macabre kind of awful thing when it's a person being lowered into their death box cardboard yeah, box but six but months down the track once we've once we've got baked goods that we're not getting fingerprints on because we're not having to manhandle them or woman handle um, mm. as we pop them into a box. I mean, this is brilliant. Um, thank you, Andy, for making this possible. I mean, it makes me want to get into cake boxing with you. A cake boxing <laughs> business. Oh, no, not Cake Boss. No, that's a different show. This is Cake Box. We just take the cakes from Cake Boss and put them into a box. And this week's Cake Box is an absolute doozy. It's the same one we were using last week because we've only come up with one design. But the kind of cake we're lowering this time is, is caramel. And now, look, I think, I, think we, we, I think if we did do the show Cake Box... Mm. It would be, I think it would be it would be interesting because we would face the challenge of putting. You know, he's making these complicated cakes. He's making a cake that looks like a T Rex, right? Oh, but so, what they never show you on the show is somebody's got to make a box for that, and that's mm-hmm. the real skill. Absolutely, cake. That's cake box. And what what that T Rex doesn't realize is that that box is also its coffin. Yes, because I mean the box that that the cake comes in, you know, in that in, is its coffin. I mean, and we're humans are the worms mm. coming to eat its corpse, <laughs> crawling into the box, yeah, <laughs> writhing through the cake. Oh, I mean, you don't, you don't, you, you can't tell me that this wouldn't be a challenge for Cake Boss, right? Make a corpse cake. That is proportionally as much bigger than a man as a man is bigger than a worm. And I want to be able to ride through it, mm-hmm. eating as I go. Yeah. Eat my way through its innards and that sort of thing. Yeah. I want me and roughly, I don't know, 600,000 other people. I want us <laughs> to be able to just charge at it, slowly and work our way through the box, around. and then get into that cake. And then mm. eat it until it is gone. All that's right. That's great. Um, then there's only oh yeah, there's more sketch ideas, Andy. Then we've got the uh, strategic guessers for companies. Uh, obviously, the strategic guesser. Then I mean, we've got Schwarzenegger and De- DeVito play one man. It's not really a sketch, mm. but but the idea, you know, it's no longer playing alongside each other, playing on top. Maybe yes. there's a super glue accident when while. Well, you know, DeVito's on his pants or whatever, and then Arnie has to lo- lift him up to change a light bulb or something. <laughs> and then and they're both nude, so that's why their skin is fused together. 
and they... <laughs> yeah, that works. That works amazingly well. Yeah, I can't believe, uh, like Warren Beatty would be one hundred percent on board yeah. by this point. <laughs> no matter detail. Uh, <laughs> um, they're in, they work in the lab. That's right. They did they did Junior together. <laughs> Could be the sequel. Um, archaeologists discover prehistoric balloon animals. This is these are also in which balloon animals are the only form of riding. You know balloons. Mm. And we have neoliberal glory hole. I just wrote down Sebastian's words, but you yeah, get right. it. You get it. Um, and then we've got researching chilling slash competitive relaxing uh, with mm. including performance enhancing hammocks. Um, Sounds so like we did it, Al. I think we did it, Andy. I think I think there's you know look I you know I, I don't always say this I, you know almost very rarely but I think there's some iconic sketches in there. Oh, no, Al. No, no, no. Can't possibly be. We started out so bad. <laughs> no, no, no. That concept album, that's great. Yeah, I think, okay. I think what, I I think felt, what you mean by pretty... bad sketch ideas is I think you mean those are the ones that are Al-driven. No, no. I felt like I was really close to saying let's start again in the middle of, you know, about 10 minutes in. But Andy, it's one of the funnest episodes I've had in ages. That's fantastic. I'm so glad. Yeah. Grain, grain, eat your grain, eat your grain inside your grain. Don't let grain run your grain, run your grain vein. You got Thanks grain so in your vein, grain in your vein, your veins. Um, we absolutely appreciate it to the max. We and can't, we can't relax. understand. Yeah, we can't understand why, uh, why you're all here, and but we love it. Uh, so yep. thank you very much. Um, there's a slight delay on magma, so apologies for that. It'll probably be, still be another. Maybe another month. Um, yep. It's my fault. But you'll be the first to know. You'll be the first. Absolutely. Except for our fa- even, we won't even tell our, our, our wives. That's that's my guarantee to you. Yeah, I will not tell Alistair's wife. That's right. And I promise to never speak to Andy's family. His family have, have completely pushed me out of their lives. And me and Andy <laughs> have to meet in secret now. And so that's why I won't also be. But I would tell her. I would tell them and her. If I could. If he could, but he can't. <laughs> if they would speak with me. Um, I'm on Twitter, and Two and Tank. And that, that's us. And then I'm also at Alistair TV. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. You can support us on Patreon. You can review us on iTunes. And, and we probably other things. Love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.